ladies and gentlemen. This is Book Music. I am Tosh. And I'm Kimley. And we're doing, well, we're doing a great book today. It's called It Gets Me Home, This Curbing Track by Ian Penman, published by Fitzcarraldo Editions. And this is a very special edition because, as you know, we know, Kimley Kimley and I, or yours true, or yours truly, are in the same room when we do this. We're like about three feet away usually. But now, how many miles away are we from each other? Right now? I don't know. What is it? Seven, eight? <laughs> We're like eight miles away. And we want to report this because this is a very much like a historical document of our times. Yes. We're, we're here during the coronavirus, or what I call the Trump virus. <laughs> and um, and we've all been affected here. It's now, it's in, we're 2020, March 28th? We're March 28th right now? 29th. 29th. I don't want to start any illusions because you probably can be listening to the show in July 2nd of 2021. But <laughs> this is where we are. So um, we usually do the stuff, you know, face to face, but now, um, through Kinley's genius and her technical skills, she figured out how to do this at her home while I could stay at home and she could stay at her home. Yes, social distancing. <laughs> yes, and I'm totally social distancing like crazy, except yes. for books. I've been breathing, touching, looking, even bringing the book into, the, into my bathtub. Uh, for example, <laughs> it gets me home. This Curbing Track by Ian Penman, published yes. by Fitzcarraldo Editions, is actually read in my bathtub. Good for you, Tosh. And um, <laughs> this book, I found it exceptionally great. Yeah, this is one of the best books we've read, I think. I love this book. And I read it twice now. I know. And I think if you read it twice, that means I could explain it more easier, you know, but... Um, I find it even more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, the more you go into it, as, as I was going back and sort yeah. of like reviewing all the things that I highlight, it's like, I mean, he's a hyper intellectual and I don't mean that he's like snobby or anything, but <laughs> there's so much depth to what he's saying. And it's like, every time I sort of refresh myself looking over things, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. oh yeah, there's so much more here. Like every time you reread it, you see even more and more ideas that he's coming up with so it's sort of like the uh, the old cliche like you peel the onion the more what get more mm-hmm. onions no what is it what is the same mm-hmm. onion i don't know you <laughs> the onion and boy, get another onion? no wait well you everybody knows know, Tosh, you should abandon this metaphor it's not working <laughs> everybody knows this onion metaphor <laughs> The more you feel, the more you cry. Uh, it's just the many layers. The more you, that's good. Okay, I like that. So every page, I start crying more and more. Yes. So, okay, nutshell. Ian Penman is a British uh, writer. He is a, I would call him more of a cultural critic than a music critic, but he's sort of a, he's a cultural critic who writes about music. Yes. Would you agree with that? or? Yeah, I mean, I thought actually it was very interesting because these did read almost more like literary reviews than music reviews, you know? And Yeah, um, and that's what makes them unique. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of literary um, music writers who do go back and forth between literature, films, and and um, and music. Mm-hmm. And especially when their, their subject matter is music. Then yeah. Ian Penman, um, 
I don't know. When I read this, I feel like I'm reading something totally new. I don't know why. It's just, it's, it's, he, okay, for one, all, all these essays in this book is a collection of essays, all about music. Mm-hmm. And originally written for the London Review of Books. And is, City Journal, which I thought was really interesting because that's a conservative free market think tank. Um, and I thought, God, that's really strange that they were publishing these essays. One of the things I was um, was annoyed about, I mean, it's a minor thing, is it didn't say where these essays were published, other than it said in the back that all of them were in one of these two journals. But I would have been curious as to which ones were in City Journal. Uh, and also, I wish there had been a year. I mean, I'm uh, assuming these were all in the last five to ten years. But as yeah. I was reading them, I was kind of like, well, what point in this artist's career is he... Uh, talking about you know like it, you'd uh, sort of you had to suss it out so i wish they had said that at least sort of at the beginning of each essay but you're that's right pretty much the only quibble i have with that uh in the book really... in the back of the book there, in the back of the book there's a bibliography yeah and it goes great each chapter which lists the uh the books that he, basically these are like really what this is it is literally it's it's book reviews yeah yeah that's how it reads it's it, like it, a it is a book i mean he's a book reviewer for for you know, for the for these papers, and right. so the bibliography, which explains what books he'd read for that particular chapter essay. Yeah, and there's yeah. also a discography. Um, I know, which is really nice. And it's not typical. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Okay, first of all, there's a chapter on um, um, on on the mod culture, like British mod co- right. culture. Yeah, I love that chapter. That was a good, really excellent. And there's a chapter on James Brown. Right. And there's a chapter about Charlie Parker and Miles Davis. Yes. And there's a chapter about Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and his culture. And then one on Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. And then one on John Fahey, who is a, uh, is it Fahey? Fahey. Fahey? I think it's Fahey. Fahey, excuse me, Fahey. Please correct me. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. He's the one artist yeah. in the book I'm not very familiar with. I'm not either, though. He's totally, um, he's legendary. I know of his Yes, movies. no, I know of him, but I wasn't familiar with his music. I did go check some of it out, though. But And it was a really good essay, too. Yeah, and then one on, on Steely Dan, or specifically Donald Fagan of Steely yes. Dan. Uh-huh. And, then, uh, and then a long essay on Prince. Yes, one of my favorites. I love Prince. And so I, yes, and there's it, eight essays total on no, no, uh, what, very icon, icons, you know, music icons. Yeah, and but sure. what's really interesting is, uh, well, a lot of interesting things. When we look at this discography, you know, you think, okay, he's going to write about Prince, so therefore he's going to list, you know, Purple Rain or, you know, Parade. Yeah, when I look yeah. At the, but the, but what the discography he lists are, is, well, he lists Parade, excuse me. Right, that's piano, his favorite, Yeah. Yeah. And then but piano, then, yeah, the piano, right, right, which is great concert, yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the yeah, Sinatra, does, yes, yeah, the Sinatra one's good. <laughs> well, I know why, because he lists your favorite, Watertown. Yes, exactly. I know, <laughs> I know, I love Watertown. So I was like, shout out, yay, Watertown. <laughs> you think he's gonna do Elvis? You think he'll do Elvis Sun Sessions, right? I mean, that seems mm-hmm. no brainer, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. He lists Elvis at Stacks. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so it's like. So anyway, the way I look at this book, in each chapter, he sort of like say he takes James Brown, mm-hmm. and you're like a camera as a reader, and you, you get a close up of James Brown's face, mm-hmm. and then slowly the camera pulls back, and you get like the people around James Brown, and then you get like about where he's from, James Brown, and then you get like the culture around James Brown, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like the essays are like very like like close ups at first, and then it sort of backs up mm-hmm. and sort of brings in more culture and more aspect and more stories about the subject matter. Right. And um, his uniqueness is really the way he how he sees these subject matters. You know, he has a really um, he has a really great, I think, a great understanding of um, of these musicians, these artists. And importantly, so it's culture that they were placed right. in, right. and um, and like the Stewie Dan is not only about Stewie Dan's music, but it's also about Donald Fagan's obsession with jabs, hipsters, and you know, and Duke Ellington, and 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 artists that he admires. Right. Well, I also thought that essay was super interesting because he he really gets into this idea of what is hip and how it's changed over the years. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. in the fifties and sixties, you know, hip was a certain kind of cultural cachet. You had to have some kind of cultural knowledge to be hip, Yeah. you know, and and Mm -hmm. now hip has become something, you know, it's been commodified. It's something you can almost buy, you know, it's like, yeah, you buy certain clothes or you, you buy, it's like, it's like you buy into being hip, you know, whereas you used to have a cultural cachet and it's, it's really interesting how he sort of looks through that. And there was a good quote he said, um, and I think this was actually from Donald Fagan's book, but it said, Hip mm-hmm. now found itself working back up for not the man exactly, but close enough, you know, and it's, yeah. Well, hip has almost become, it's, it, you know, hip is so mainstream now. It's almost like an oxymoron, you know, hip uh-huh, is not uh-huh. hip. <laughs> no. Um, and hip so it was really hip. interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was really interesting how he got into that, you know, in the context mm. of that essay. Um, and for me, I always feel like I, I'm not a big Steely Dan fan. Yeah. And it's, for me, they always seem too slick for them for their own good. You know, it's like I get what they're trying to do, yeah. but it never quite worked for me because it just seemed like it was too hip for itself. You know what I mean? Well, it's very funny. You know, if somebody told me about and I read about Steely Dan, I would be very curious to hear them because their references. Steely Dan is very interesting, you know, that sort of hardcore bop jazz. Right. Or the standard, like, Great American Songbook, but you know, with, mm-hmm. the, with the, the old hipster, not the new hipster, but the old right. hipster terminology. And I would think, right. wow, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can get into this. Yeah, 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 but, exactly. But when I do hear their music, I don't hear that. I hear, I mean, I hear, like, really sophisticated, witty lyrics. Yeah. I get the humor. Uh-huh. But the but the smoothness of their music is uh, I find it really upsetting to me or or yeah. not not my taste at all. Yeah, it doesn't pull me in. But yeah, they certainly have the credentials. You know, if you just read about them, I mean, and and back to our previous episode, their band name is you know very good source, William Burroughs. <laughs> you know, you'd think that we would like them, but and I I have a lot of friends who do really like them. Me too. So I don't know. I, I know. Who, who, you know. who can account for taste? We have friends who will hate us for saying what we're saying. I know we're going to get slack for this one for sure. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) We're not saying that Steely Dan is shit. No, no, this is not my. Yeah, I I mean, I can listen to them. But they, but they they sound like shit. (laughs) Okay, uh, uh, you're going to get more slack than me. (laughs) There's a difference. (laughs) There's a difference. They're not shit, but they sound like shit. Okay, I'll let you take the uh, comments on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Uh, yeah, his take on Sinatra is incredible. You know, and um, and, um, 
um, again, he knows how to take this figure, this sort of complicated music figure, and sort of place it in a in a in a cultural context. Yeah. So I really thought the Sinatra one was interesting because, I mean, I think we could almost make a case for Sinatra being the first sort of bona fide rock star. You know, yeah. I mean, he was the first, I think, singer to have screaming girls, you know, coming to his shows. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting how he showed, he discussed, you know, the progression of his career from, you know, being in a band when he pointed out, which I didn't realize, but in, you know, in the old sort of band days, the band leader was the star, not the yeah. singer. Yeah. You know, and so Sinatra kind of turned that around. And then he also pointed out that Sinatra was one of the first musicians to, um, you know, take advantage of uh, a long playing album. Um, yes. And, um, and he also got, got, I thought it was really interesting when he got into how, you know, Sinatra, you know, in that sort of post-war mentality, you know, he really kind of was on that edge of, you know, people were, um, you know, pretending like all was okay, but there was always this dark cloud hanging over, you know, I mean, the 50s was an interesting time because you know everybody was sort of pretending to be oh this is all fine you know everything's good the war is over you know we're getting back to normal the economy's good you know the happy nuclear family but there was always this undercurrent you know know, the nuclear threat and everything else sinatra is a a very intelligent figure mm -hmm. i mean mean, you know his his, definitely his character and personality is doubtful i mean you know there's definitely a very dark side of Sinatra that I don't yes, think yes. most people can avoid or, or, or should avoid. But mm-hmm. um, the aspect that he's one of the first, I want to say the first, but there's, he's such a multi-level character, yeah. you know, and he just sort of... Back uh, to the onion. There's so many layers. <laughs> so many not, layers. That's it. Layers of the onion. <laughs> layer upon layer. But yeah, so Sinatra, and, and I knew this before, and you knew this before, but, but uh, Penman... Um, Re, you know, retells us that Sinatra is probably the first one to think about album as an album, like a beginning yeah. and middle and the end, right? And, um, right. And the pacing of a record and all, you know, one theme songs, you know, mm-hmm. um, lost love, uh, dan- dancing, traveling with Sinatra, you know. Um, yeah. But of course, he's more famous for his more sort of blue, depressive, yeah, 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 aspect uh-huh. of his you know, <laughs> of his aesthetic. But yes. his intelligence is really, is really, um, I, I mean, you know, when I listen to Sinatra, I'm always thinking, and I think Penn as well, Penman as well is thinking, you know, there's such a strong sense of knowledge and intelligence in Sinatra's approach to his work. Mm-hmm. And the way he sings his lyrics are not, um, um, you know, he's a guy, he's an actor, he's a performer, so he really feels... He knows how to interpret it, the writer, the lyricist, into another medium, you know, the music or performance medium. Right. And, um, you know, maybe that's what's in common with the other people he chooses here, you know, like um, Prince and um, James Brown. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I think it was interesting. I did think there was a sort of common theme in that there, all of these people were such hardcore performers and all of them seemed in a large part to be very difficult to get to know. I mean, especially like the Prince one where he was talking about how, you know, he was such a vibrant performer, you know, he had such a strong personality on straight stage. And yet it seems like anybody who actually came into contact with him on a personal level didn't really know who he was. Like nobody could get a 
pulse on him, you know, and I thought that was really interesting when he's talking about that. That's funny. I didn't think about till you. You're absolutely correct. Like people like Elvis, Prince, James mm-hmm. Brown. Um, all of them. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. They had these really vibrant performing, you know, personalities. And once they're off the stage, people couldn't get a read on them, you know? Yeah, they're kind of closed off. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty interesting. And there was also, I thought, I thought all the articles uh, had definite, you know, they were very melancholy in a way, you know, it's like all of these people, Mm -hmm. uh, all of them had tremendous success, except maybe for Fahey, um, you know, and he had some success, but he wasn't the huge pop star that all these other people were, you know. No, no. Um, but, you know, none of them seemed to really find any kind of happiness in that success whatsoever. Well, it's very interesting. You know, I read um, most of, if not all, of Ian Penman's uh, first book called Vital uh, Signs. Mm-hmm. It was published in the 90s. And um, yeah. and this is actually a collection of his essays from like Building Maker, New Musical Express, GQ, you uh-huh. know, all the British uh-huh. magazines. Earlier stuff. Yeah. Based, yeah. yeah. And um, it's interesting to compare the difference. I know you didn't read the first book, but um, yeah, it's hard I, to find. It's hard to find. It's very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's the book is well written. His articles are well written. But his, the, the compared to It Gets Me Home, totally different it's a different different, I mean his writing is totally different now right well I I think also I think these journal you know the um, London Review of Books and City Journal let him do very long mm -hmm. in-depth articles whereas I think these I'm guessing these other ones are shorter in the introduction magazine articles in the introduction he talks about he wanted to write about his favorite singer Billie Holiday Uh for the wire wire magazine which is a really good British um sort of avant-garde music, uh, jazz, um, um, a music uh-huh. publication. Uh-huh. And um, Pen, Penman only had like 900 words allowed to write about Billie Holiday. Oh, geez. And he <laughs> couldn't do nothing. it. Yeah, yeah, how can you? And, uh, and I think in well, Vital Signs, when he was younger and when he's, you know, just writing for publications, he did write 900 word reviews or right well you're starting out you got to do what you got to do but i think now he's in a state of mind and um or a sense of aesthetic or what he wants to do he can't do a 900 word yeah on something he feels and this this is why the book is so great because each essay really is a full view of this of their particular artist or his subject matter yeah, I mean about the mod thing is pretty pretty great. That's like yeah, the first yeah, chapter. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, he really got into sort of a the minutia of the tribalism of it. You know, it's like the little details. You know, that make all the difference on how these kids identify. You know, and um, uh, and you could tell it was very personal for him. You yeah, know? clearly he lived through that, and he remembered all those little details. You know, <laughs> yeah, I presume yeah. I don't I don't know too much about Penman. I don't know how old he is, but I presume he's like. Anywhere like in his early sixties or late fifties. I think so. Because I think he started writing in the early seventies. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing he was a teenager. In the yeah, and and he has like a theme, and the and the mod thing. He has a theme where he talks about. Um, um, I'm I'm just you know I'm jumping around that first essay, but he yeah. talks about Miles Davis was one of those 20th century uh-huh. artists who had found a simple way of saying very complicated things. Uh-huh. And then he jumps into the Who uh, uh-huh. for their song "Substitute," uh-huh. and he quotes Pete. He, he quotes Pete Townsend's um, lyric, which is "The simple things you see are all complicated." <laughs> and then it ends. It ends. It ends. Bear with me. This is real time, people. 
<laughs> and then he quotes the Bill Evans, who's probably the uh, one of the great jazz musicians, of course, but you know, definitely uh-huh. I would think a mod figure, you know, jazz mod uh-huh. figure. Yeah. Uh, and Bob Evans says, the simple things, the essences, are the great things that our way of expressing them can be incredibly complex. Nice. <laughs> so what am I getting at here? <laughs> anyway, this <laughs> basically how to say things or, or, or describe something is very, it's, it, 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 it's all throughout the first chapter, this, this mod chapter. Right. Yeah, it was a good first chapter because it really sort of set the tone for the rest of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, and again, the, the, the this is complexity of, of uh, bringing different ideals in his essay is quite, you know, it's quite profound. You know, when I read this book, I'm thinking I'm not reading a music book. I'm reading like a um, a um, Walter Benjamin book. Or, I know. Um, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he has a lot of... Uh, philosophical references and damn i had to look up like 10 12 words in this book i rarely have to look up a word when i'm reading i was constantly looking in my dictionary he and, has and a, yet quite an know, impressive vocabulary and yet he's not pretentious whatsoever no he's not it's it's actually quite accessible um mm-hmm. you know it's a very enjoyable read for sure um i mean because i think you read something like especially like music critic book blah 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 oh he's such a smart he or she is such a smarty pants you know right, right. you know they're really trying really hard to impress the reader that how intelligent they are no he doesn't feel that way it's he does just, not not uh, at all it's very organic and it's very just yeah. comes out of his head into the page and i mean and it's, it's you know he gets into these ideas that are sort of simple ideas in a way again it comes back to what you were saying you know it's like they're simple ideas but they're complicated once you start really thinking about them you know yes and uh, he really delves into each character he sort of gets into some kind of you know interesting simple philosophical perspective on it and he kind of goes into all the little details of it and um yeah, it's really really an enjoyable book and I definitely highly recommend people read it yeah, and um, it's it's from a small press called Fitz, Fitzcarraldo Editions, and um, they look like French books. I mean, they have like sort yeah, of a cover. Yeah, they look. Uh, there's yeah, no cover. They do. Yeah, it's just white with a dark blue type. Yeah, they look like uh, Les Editions de Minuit, which publishes yeah. like Marguerite Duras, and um, yeah, it's interesting. They're nice. I, I believe all their books are like the same design, just like a lot of the French presses do. So uh, I'm sure they're going I guarantee to you, aesthetic, high end. Uh, you know, if we're ever allowed to go outside again, <laughs> knock on wood, <laughs> like to a park, for instance. <laughs> People in the 22nd century, when they hear this, go, "What? You're not allowed to go to a park in the 21st century?" I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're going to. I think it's going to be more like, "What's a park?" <laughs> Or even I have worse, a dark vision of the future, Tosh. Or even worse, what is the 21st century? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> oh, Nevertheless, no. you're you're gonna look so intelligent walking around with this book with the cover the way it looks. It looks like, you know, how many photographs are in this book? How many images? <laughs> Zero. Zero. <laughs> it's anyway. all words, 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 baby. Words, 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 words. <laughs> but yeah, so this is yeah. Uh, so Kimley, we both love this book. It's really a great book. Um, yeah. It's a small press book. I found a copy. I bought this copy at Skylight Books. 
um, oh, bookstores. Yeah, there used to be bookstores, in case anybody's reading this. Oh, God, I know. Yeah, yeah. What are those? But, I you know, know, do track it down. It's really worth to have in your library. He's a really yeah, important I actually writer. ordered it online from Powell's. Um, so that's a great place to get it. Um, yeah. I know books are difficult to get right now, but um, some places are still shipping online. Yes. So uh, try to support your indie bookstores. Yes. And book music is having difficulty in this in this crisis that we're in, this, this Trump virus. But uh, <laughs> we, will, we will soldier on. Yes, like, we do, are going to carry on. Do we know what we're going to do next? We don't. We're going to have to think about it. We had we had big plans, but you know, uh, the I'm age gonna, of the virus. Let's let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, let the listeners know our secret. We usually get one book, and we share that book. And now we can't do that anymore. Obviously, no, no, because we can't get within six feet no. of each other. So. <laughs> So far, I've been lucky to get books. So my idea, and let me know, Kim, if you think this is a good idea or not. Um, I'll read the book. Uh-huh. And then I will call you, or maybe even through this system we have all, now, I'll read you the whole book. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> I think for you it won't be that difficult because you, 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 know, you went to a university, you went to school, so you know how to take notes when a teacher's lecturing. Right. <laughs> You're going to be the professor. <laughs> I can't do it because I haven't. I can't pay attention to anybody talking to me. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm not a big fan of audio books. Occasionally, if it's yeah, a really, either. really good, really good narrator, like uh, I listened to the last John Waters book on when, that he narrated, and he's fantastic. So that's yeah, definitely yeah. Audiobook. He has a voice. Yes. 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 But um, but, so but we are going to continue this series, and we'll figure some. You know, we have we have both both can they have a large library of um, music? Yeah, classes. we'll find some stuff. We'll, we'll probably go back that. to some uh, older classics, which I think will be fine. Yes, the Bible. <laughs> Is there music in the Bible? <laughs> I thought the Bible has everything, but maybe I. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I haven't read it, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we're here. We'll be back. We usually try to do this show twice a month. Usually the first, we have it up by the first of the month and the 15th of the month. Yes. And we'll try to get back to that schedule as much as possible. But again, sorry for the delay. But um, Yeah, well, we missed the last, uh, the 15th, but with it, we'll be up for April 1st. This is going to be our April 1st episode. Okay. Hopefully we'll have another one for the 15th. We will we'll for figure sure. figure these things out. and um, We will not fail, people. We will do this. The show must go on, and you know, I um, I was very pleased when uh, our mayor shut down our city, and he put up a list of uh, necessary essential services, which I was curious what was considered essential, and I was very pleased that podcasts were considered essential services during the plague. So much like Boccaccio and the Decameron, where people entertained one another with stories while they were trying to avoid the plague, that's what yep. we we're going to do. Wait, so, so what does that mean? That means the police cannot arrest us or come in my house and stop <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I think it means you can leave your house to record a podcast. But oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I'm, that's my assumption. Essential okay. services, I think, mean things you, you can leave your house for. So, but, okay, like a, a cop, I mean, a police officer stops me. And I said, I'm with book music. And he goes, yes, book music. Yes, I love that. Okay. It's essential. 
Go on, young man. Go on, sir, to your job. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> okay, so we will see you uh, very shortly, and we will not yes. be here. And definitely check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. We'll try to keep everybody up to date on what's going on. And we will try to get back on track. Um, it gets me home, this curving track uh, by Ian Penman. Highly recommend, and we will talk to you soon. Ciao. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.